Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Come on. All right. Can everybody hear me in the back row still? We're good? All right. Hallelujah. Ah, uh, where do I go? I'm really excited about this message. Uh, I want to start... Um, I want to start just, just what, I've, what I've seen lately. I'll try not to turn too much because then I lose people. Oh, Jesus, Lord. Let me pray. I'm just, I get messed up by worship. You know that. Father, we love you. We love you, God. And we just say, Lord, we are called according to your purposes. And today, Father, I pray that your purpose would go out. I pray that your message would go out today, that it would impact people's hearts. I pray that the Holy Spirit, that you would that you would land in people's hearts in, in small and big ways. I pray you'd speak through me, and I'd only say what you have me say. Amen. If you have a Bible, raise it up, or your phone, if you use your phone. We're going to hit some scripture today, quite a bit. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mildly jealous right now. I'm excited about my preaching, but I'm mildly jealous about that. Um, I love, I love the testimonies of this move of God. Yeah, come on, absolutely. If you need to move in the shade, just be powerful. Just be like, I'm moving. Um, peer pressure to stay. It's true. You know, I, I, there's, a, I, there's a lot of... <laughs> I'm serious about this. If you need to move, move. Like, don't give in to that feeling of like, what will people think? That's not freedom. Freedom is you hear the word of the Lord and you do it. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been watching the church landscape. And if you know me, I'm not someone that speaks out against a lot about different issues. Um, I, I believe that my, my calling as, as, the, as the pastor of the church isn't to tell you what to think, but how to think. And I'm really more after the whys behind why we do what we do. Um, you can, how many of you know you can do one thing? You can do the same thing, but do it for different reasons, and one's right and one's wrong. And so I, I'm more interested in the heart that you carry into places. And so I, I'd rather not tell you what to do. I'd rather encourage you how to believe and, what to, and how to think, and so that you can actually use the brain that he gave you to carry out the destiny on your life. Is it, does that make sense? Because if I tell you what to do, I, I'm in danger of you trying to be like me. And when you become like me, we lose you. And God didn't want to make more of me's. Right? He just made one. Praise the Lord. It was a, he said it was enough, right? <laughs> but he made you. So I'm, I'm, my heart isn't to tell you what to, what to believe. Uh, I'm sorry, what to, what to do, and what, um, but really how to believe. And, and so this is why we talk about Jesus. What did he do? Model. He is the model. I'm not the model. Um, Janet's not the model. Dave's not the model. Janice is not the model, but, but Jesus is the model. We're going to talk about Jesus today. But I've noticed that the church is, is a little confused about what our role is in these days. Some of the church thinks it's okay that we don't meet for months. It's okay. The church isn't a building. And some of us, and some of us are like, no, the church has to meet. They're not going to shut us down. We're going to push through and we're going to teach them all a lesson. So there's such a polarity right now. Can I be real? And it's, it's, 
And one sense it's laughable, and the other side it's really dividing of our hearts because we are the church. And so I've, 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 I've heard other things, and I, some of the other things I think about, I think about this, there's a move of God happening. If we're not careful, we will, we will, we will debate ourselves out of the move. We will literally, I literally heard people debating about saturate. Man, I heard about these Christians. This was, this was a leader. I heard about these Christians are meeting in Huntington Beach. And I love that they're doing that, but they're not wearing masks. I'm not debating masks right now. I'm just saying that we have to be careful when we look at something God is doing and put our plans and attach it to it. Man, if you want to go, and the only way for you to go is to wear a mask, Oh, man, I'll drive you. I will pick you up. Get there. Get to the move of God. If it's at your friend's house, get to the move of God. If it's right here, get here. But by all means, don't critique it. Don't judge it and pick it apart. See, I really believe that this is a time that as the church, we must increase. I heard, a, I heard a, a, another leader I love leaders. I'm not trying to tear people down. I'm not going to mention names because it's not about the name. And their hearts are beautiful and pure, okay? But what I hear this sometimes is in our prayers, we say, Lord, would you increase and that I may decrease? Lord, we need more of you and less of me. And you've got to understand that they're, 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 they're quoting John the Baptist. And their, their hearts are pure, right? It's like when we sing worship songs that sometimes don't fully line up with, with Scripture, but we sing them anyway because our hearts are worshiping, right? So get, hear me in this. So the heart is beautiful. Behind this, the heart in that prayer is, God, I want your plans. I want your ideas. I want your power, not my power. Right? That's, that's what they're saying, right? We're smart enough to, to say that. Sorry, Dave. I just want to, I don't know, does Benny Hinn do this and he waves and you all fall over? Try it. <laughs> By faith you receive it. All right. I was in a meeting with Claudio Friesen in, uh, in um, Argentina. Big, big name. Uh, and he, he would take his jacket off, his blazer, and he would be like this big. And he would just, he'd go around waving on people, and people would just fall out everywhere. It was awesome. Uh, but it's too hot for a jacket. So... I, honestly, I, I want to talk about today how that we actually must increase. I'm going to use a lot of scripture, and it's going to be powerful. I'm excited. I was excited long before today. I want to talk. So this idea of, of, of we must increase, or he must increase and we must decrease, it started with John the Baptist. And you've got to remember that, that when he was born, he was born at, let's just call it the beginning of Matthew, okay? He was born at the beginning of Matthew, and he was born about 400 years after the last move of God. So Malachi is the book right before Matthew, right? And so in Malachi, they, they say there's about 400 years between when Malachi was written and, and Jesus came on the scene. And so, and so, John, John, so John, John comes in, he gets born by, uh, by Zacharias, not by Zacharias, <laughs> Elizabeth, <laughs> scripturally and anatomically, um, he was born, and in this birthing part, in Luke 1.17, I want to read this. Um, 
and it says that the angel said to Zechariah, remember he's alone, everybody's gathered around, he's alone in, in, the, in, the, in, this, in the holy place. And it says this, it is he who will go as a forerunner, he being their son. Before him, Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the, um, to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so this interesting thing of the spirit and power of Elijah, it was prophesied that he's supposed to come in the spirit and power of Elijah. Now, which is interesting. So if you go back to Malachi 4, at the end of Malachi, the very last scripture of Malachi 4, I'm going to go there. You can go there too. Just glad it's not too windy. At the end of Malachi, was it Malachi 4? 4. And and I'm just going to jump back a little bit in in verse 2, chapter 4, verse 2, because he's talking about Jesus. I love this. It says, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. We need more skipping. You will tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day of the Lord which I am preparing. So he's speaking about Jesus coming on the scene. Now if you skip down to um, to verse 6, he says, He will restore, I'm sorry, verse 5. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. I will send you Elijah. You've got to remember, Elijah has already been sent. Right? Elijah is in the... He's, he's already a prophet they know about. And so this is kind of interesting, the way, Mal, the way he's saying this. He's, I'm going to send Elijah. And so just keep that in your head. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. And so there's this, there's this understanding by Zechariah and probably everybody around there eventually because he was... He was mute after this was saying that, 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 that this thing the angel had said when he says, um, I will turn the, the uh, a forerunner before him in the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back. They would have known it was talking about this. So there's a prophetic word that Elijah's coming. And so it's possible that they might think Zechariah and Elizabeth are giving birth to Elijah. But they're not. He's a forerunner. He's someone that's going to prepare the way. Okay, now fast forward. And, and now Jesus is born. And, and John prepares the way. Um, and, and so we're going to talk about John 3, 27. So just get there. I'm going to get there first before I talk about it. You guys with me? Yeah. It's a lot of scripture. But one of my greatest loves is to connect dots. It's, it's one of my strength finder strengths. So I love when everything starts connecting. And I just, I just kind of go nuts. Um, but I love, so John has this ministry. It's hot out, isn't it? He has this ministry, and in the ministry, he, his, he's called to go out into the desert and make way, prepare the way. And so he is a forerunner, okay, a forerunner, which means he's running ahead of something or someone, right? So just keep with me. So John three twenty seven. So John is talking to his disciples at this point. And he's, and, he's, and he's talking, and he says, 
I'll verse verse 25. Therefore they rose a discussion about the part of John's disciples with the Jew about purification. And they came to John and said, Rabbi, who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified? Behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. Now he's talking about Jesus, if you didn't know. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I have said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. Do you see what's happening? I know you guys do. You're all really smart, but I'm building a case here, okay? Here's the deal. John was sent for a purpose. He was sent for a purpose. He knew, in fact, if you, don't, if you know John's ministry, it's a ministry of repentance. It was a ministry of repentance from the law and dead works. And so he actually came to baptize of repentance. And so his, he knew his ministry had to decrease so that the ministry of grace and love and the gospel could increase. So John is literally saying, I must decrease so that the one that's coming may increase. Okay? Now we're getting there. Who's this one that's coming? And I love this too. He says, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom stands and listens for him. He's calling himself the friend of the bridegroom. Okay? I want to just take a a little bit of a rabbit trail here. It's a planned one. And and I want to say that it, let's imagine, so John is essentially setting up the bride and the groom, isn't he? He's a friend of the bridegroom. We start hearing the language of the marriage, right? See, our, our relationship with Jesus is both friendship. It's both, uh, we serve him as a servant, but it's, and it's also a bride and bridegroom, right? And so John is talking about the, our, the paradigm that we are in marriage, that we are going to be married, Right? There's an there's a IHOP song, I'm going to see the wedding to marry, to marry the lamb. Amen. And so there's a, there's a wedding about to happen. And John is saying, I'm the matchmaker. I'm the matchmaker. If you've seen me, you see the one coming, I'm preparing the way. It, it was really fun that we have a wedding set up here. Right? I thought about coming in like this, but I thought it would be too much. Um, <laughs> But maybe the worship team should have come in, right? We'll get Dave and Janice to come out and spread. No, I'm just playing. So listen, listen, John is saying, I'm the matchmaker. Now, let me just put this in perspective for you. Let's just imagine, okay, he was, he, he set us up with Christ, with the lamb. He set us up with our bride or with, the, with our bridegroom. We're the bride. And now let's imagine, let's imagine John um, not decreasing, all right? So we're going, we had a great celebration being married, you know what this looks like, and you go into the holies of holies, right, the, the hotel room, and, and you consummate the marriage, right? Let's just imagine for a second John the Baptist standing quietly in the corner, hanging out. I'm not supposed to decrease, am I? Oh, I was supposed to decrease? Okay, well, let me step out. Listen, John the Baptist was merely saying, my job is done. My work here is over. I set you guys up. If I were to stay in this, I would create a weird dynamic. 
one that actually messes up the covenants that were actually trying to be set up place. So John actually had to get out. So when he says, I decreased, let's be real about this. It would have been awkward if he didn't. He was preparing the way. Okay. I love that. (laughs) You can have a beautiful heart and saying stuff like that, but recognize that we're not supposed to decrease. And by the way, faith comes from hearing. And if you keep telling yourself, I have to decrease, your faith is going to decrease. See, John's job was, was to call in the kingdom of family. He says that the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers in Malachi. He was ushering this kingdom that gathers around family. And I just want to let you guys know that the kingdom is not a rebel force advancing. It's a family expanding. It's a family that expands and covers over all the sins of the world until we are left with one big family. It's not, a, it's not an army, although we can sometimes have that paradigm that we're fighting against powers and principalities. But he calls forth this kingdom. I want to say that in this time right now, it's more important than ever to recognize that we are family. Uh, this was once said to me, I think it was Chris Fowler, and he talked about denominations. Denominations, we talk about Protestants, Lutherans, um, Baptists, Methodists, uh, uh, Pentecostals, Assemblies of God. There's lots, right? And they're not wrong or bad. Hear me in that. But in denominationalism, in denominations, we have a list of things that we gather and divide around. Right? There is literally, there is literally uh, a, a difference of opinion when we take communion that is the communion bread symbolic bread of Jesus' body, or is it the real thing? And if it's the real thing, they believe they can't throw it away. And the other people are like, that's crazy. It's just bread. It's symbolic. So there's lots of differences in how we do things. Can you see the differences today in the church? Masks, no masks, six feet, two feet. Um, um, I'm not in fear. I'm just cautious. And, all the, and, and there's lots of accusations going around. And man, it all, it all, if I can just say, sucks. It all sucks. We should never be in a place of accusing somebody else of what they should or shouldn't do. So let me just be straight with that. Like, can we be a, a, body, of, a body here that just sees people the way Jesus sees them and doesn't look at what they're wearing or, how they, or, or things like that? Amen? So just come with the heart of Jesus. Don't tell people what to do. Don't, don't criticize. But here's the deal. In an apostolic church, I believe one that God, and this is the big church that I think God's called us to be, we gather around mothers and fathers. Malachi prophesied it. John the Baptist prepared the way that we would, he would bring the fathers back to the children. And Malachi says the children back to the fathers. We were called to be family. And so in this time, we gather around mothers and fathers. And we don't divide over small things that we disagree on. If you think the, the body is, is really Jesus and you think the body is, is symbolic of Jesus, we're doing family. Right? If you think church should meet inside only and, church, and these people in church should meet outside or not at all, we're in the body. We're not dividing over these things. Amen? Amen. If you're upset that churches are singing and you're upset that churches aren't singing, we're not dividing over these things. In fact, we're, we're gathering around the Father. And we're gathering around mothers and fathers in our, in our churches. And we're doing family. 
How many of you guys agree with your parents all the time? Raise your hand. Rick, I love you, man. Teach me your ways. How many of you guys agree with your brothers and sisters in your family? How many of you guys agree with your wives and husbands? All the, all the time. That's why I love you guys. And yet, and yet we don't divide. And yet we stay unified. Listen, the church right now, we will never rise up if we're divided. We will not rise up if we're divided. So Jesus comes on the scene, gets baptized by John, and everyone sees the model of how the Father pushes us into our destiny, right? Jesus gets baptized, comes out, and the Father comes out of the heaven and says, Behold, this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Isn't that beautiful? Can you just hear him say that over you right now? Notice he doesn't say, I'm proud of you, son. He doesn't say that. Because usually when you say, I'm proud of you, it's for something you've done. But he says, I'm just pleased with you. I'm just pleased in who you are. You're a great carpenter. You're a great three-year-old. You're a great 20-year-old. And I am pleased with you today. And what, what does this pleasing declaration over his life, filling his heart and his soul do? It launches them to increase into his ministry. Right here, Jesus increases. Why? Because somebody decreased. If Jesus represents the body, and he goes, he takes the message of, I, I, am, I am pleasing to my Father, it's time for me to go defeat hell. It's time for me to go into the desert and destroy the lies of the enemy. That's what it means to increase. Matthew 11, let's turn to Matthew 11, 1. How are we doing time? Oh, we're beautiful. We've only been here for an hour. Get to preach next to David here. These guys are in the, uh, our, our Bible study every uh, Monday and Wednesday. We have a Bible study online on Zoom. So if you haven't gotten sick of it, is it 8? 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Monday and Wednesday for like three months now. It's been fire. We go through the book of Ephesians. Jay's technically, we're leading it together, but Jay's clearly a, a, a scholar and brings the fire. Matthew 11. Um, I'm, I'm going to read this out of, the, out of the Passion. I just feel like I'm supposed to. So this is where, um, oh no, that's what I was going to do. I was going to read some out of this one. So I'm going to read Matthew 11.1. 1. Now this is where Jesus, I'm sorry, John the Baptist, he's in jail right now. He's been put in jail, uh, maybe because he decreased too much. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't, that, don't that's not Jesus. Okay. It's a joke. Um, I got to be careful. So when he said, I'm going to just read scripture, right? We're, we're going to be good if I read scripture. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now John, while imprisoned, he heard of the works of Christ, and he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? This is interesting, right? Because 
Because just a few chapters before, he was convinced that he was baptizing the one whose sandals he was not fit to untie. It's just interesting, right? And so I wonder, I'm just wondering if the persecution that, that was on John during that time, if it caused him to doubt the word of God, if it caused him to doubt faith and doubt what he was called to do. Maybe being in prison was his decreasing. Maybe it was, I don't know. And so Jesus answered and said, go and report to John what you hear and see. And he's quoting Isaiah 35. It says, the blind receive sight and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Woo! Blessed is he who does not take offense of me. that's That's a job description of the church right there, you guys. That's a job description. You want to know what the church is called to do and not be, not be uh, 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 confused. Just read that again. On Friday, we prayed for the deaf ears to open. I don't know what else they prayed for. I know my bud Dave has prayed for a back to be healed. We, we preached the gospel. My wife got to pray for, I don't know if it was the poor or not, but she couldn't make rent. Like this is, this is what we're called to do. So Jesus from, the, so then, As these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. And they said this. I'm going to read off the Passion now. It says here. It says, as they were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What kind of man did you see when you went out in the wilderness? By the way, he probably said this to a people outside. Just want to say we're doing well here. Did you expect to see a man who would be easily intimidated? Who was he? Did you expect to see a man decked out in splendid fashions of the day? Those who wear fancy clothes live like kings in palaces. Or did you encounter a true prophet out in the lonely wilderness? Yes, John was a prophet like those of the past, but he is even more than that. He was the fulfillment of the scripture. See, I am sending my prophetic messenger who will go ahead of me and prepare hearts and receive me. He was preparing the way. He was preparing the people to be married to the Lamb. Verse 11, for I tell you, throughout history, now this is where it gets really good, you guys, all right? Throughout history, there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer. Throughout history, there's never been one greater. Just think about that. Elijah, um, Elisha, you got uh, Moses, Abraham, all these histories, King David, right? All these great men and women of God. And he says, there's not been one greater. Okay, this is, we're gonna, this is going to land. Yet the least of those who now experience heaven's, or kingdom's realm, heaven's kingdom realm, will become even greater than he. That's one of those scriptures where you just got to be like, wow. 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 This, by the way, this is truth. This is truth. There's things that feel true to you, but this is true, right? It may not feel true to you that you're greater than John the Baptist, but this is true. This is truth. This is who you are. This isn't uh, next month, next week. This is true now. This is true the moment the Holy Spirit came into you and changed the game for you. It changed the game for the church. Verse 12, it gets better, you guys. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, 
the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. But you got to remember, John had the Holy Spirit in him from birth, right? He says, I'm putting the Holy Spirit in John. And so from the moment John and Jesus, by the way, because they were born around the same time, the morning he came on the scene, the kingdom of heaven was bursting forth. Or it says it's advancing. I just kind of like this way too. The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. For all the prophets and the Torah prophesied until John appeared. If you can receive this truth, John is Elijah who is destined to come. 11 chapters in, no, 11 chapters into Matthew, Jesus saying again and again, it, it, what, what happened in Malachi is happening now. But that was only a preparation because the church is coming. The church is rising. It's increasing. It has to increase. And he says, so listen and understand what I'm telling you. He who has ears, let him hear. Are you guys listening with your hearts this morning? Listen, the church... The church has to increase in this time. We have to put aside our divisions. We have to put aside our opinions. And we have to go after God. The kingdom of heaven is advancing. I'm going to finish with Matthew 16. Um, and I'm going I'm to land the plane with this. I'll just read it here, the Passion Translation. Can you guys still hear me? I don't want to lose steam on you. See this, and then you'll, you'll see where this ties in. When Jesus came, Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came to Caesarea and Philippi, he asked his disciples question, what are the people saying about me, the Son of Man? Who do they believe I am? And his disciples answered this, some are convinced you are John the baptizer, which is interesting of what we all read here. Others say that you are Elijah reincarnated. Now we know why they might say that, right? Because Malachi prophesied he'd be coming. Some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And there's not saying this out of no good reason. They're saying because they know the Torah. They know the history. And Jesus said this, But you, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked. Simon spoke up and said, You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah, for you did not discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be a bedrock foundation of which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth which is forbidden in heaven, and release on earth, which is released in heaven. This is in that scripture. Let me pull it up, because I think sometimes you don't, you will remember it the way uh, NESB says it. 
It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. That just means, he says, listen, we, we can't bind stuff in time that's supposed to be loosed out of time. Something that's in eternity. Heaven is in eternity. And so we actually have to look at what is eternity saying before we can figure out what can be said on earth. And so we, we just say, all he's saying there is, whatever you see in heaven, loose it here. And whatever's been bound in heaven, bound it here. This is the call of the church. When Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in Come on. We know this. You guys are in the DNA here. I love it. But this is the call. This is what it means for the church to rise up. See, I honestly, you guys, the church needs to burst forth. It needs to burst forth. Honestly, Friday nights look like a bursting forth church. I'm not naturally someone that gravitates towards big meetings like that. Um, in some ways, I, in some ways, I just kind of get lost in the crowd. I'm not sure what I do as a leader of a church. So I'm kind of just like, oh, I love this. I'm a, but here's the one thing I know. It's God. Yeah. It's God. And I'm not, and I've, I've, I've just been a Christian long enough, probably not as long as some of you, but I just know to not judge whether something's God or not. Someone's shaking on the ground. You're like, oh man, you look at that person. That's just the flesh. Someone said, but Jesse, what if it's 10% God? What if it was 10% more than they had? What if it was 8% more than they had? Is that, is that other 8% worth it to be on the ground shaking? We're called to burst forth. You guys are shaking over there. It's... He's back. Oh, no, thanks. I was like a doctor. Brow. Just kidding. <laughs> Sponge. <laughs> oh. Honest, you guys, we live in a really, really wonderful time. It's both beautiful and powerful and awesome, and yet there's tons of suffering and pain. There's, there's people walking through incredible difficulties right now. And some of your hearts are pulled in there. And it's hard for you to see the power of God that's moving out here. Some of you guys are, are overwhelmed by the goodness and the power of God that's moving. And it's hard for you to see the empathy for the church that's hurting. And somehow I got to be in the middle of this with different groups of pastors that I'm with. And I can feel both sides. I don't know what we're supposed to do except, except increase. Rise up. Rise up. Um, starting tomorrow, we're going to be praying as a church for seven days. I just felt God call us to this a week, ago, a week ago before they kind of increased our uh, limitations. And... Um, and I just felt we were supposed to pray. Um, and I, honestly, we felt, if, you, if you feel like you're supposed to fast, I want you to fast something. Fasting is not about moving God's heart. It's about moving your heart. It's about making room for God in your heart. But I, I just want to call us as a church to, to pray and fast for the next seven days. I don't know why seven. I don't know why not 21. I, why not 40? I, just, I heard seven. 
And so we're going to be praying as a, as a, as a leadership team every night. Um, and I want to encourage you guys to, to, to find a night of the week or every night. Maybe, just, maybe it's 10 minutes a day. Maybe it's five. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's an hour. I don't know. And then next Monday night, um, we don't know where we can do this yet, but we're going to announce a prayer meeting and we'll figure something out. If it's a field, we'll do a field. Um, but we're going we're gonna to pray as a church next Monday night. Uh, just be looking at your email, your text stream. If you're not on our text stream yet, you can get on it. You probably need to be as quick as things are changing. Text PRESENCE to 970, no, no, 7797, no, it's 97,000. So text PRESENCE to 97,000 and you'll be updated. You get like maybe one a week, so don't, don't, get, don't worry. But right now, you guys, we need to increase and not decrease. We need, to, we need to press into the broken, press into the lonely, press into some of the horrible things that are going on right now. Like, I'll just be real with you guys. There's, there, there's a lot of really bad stuff going on in, in, in behind the scenes, pedophilia and, and child sex trafficking and people trafficking. You know that one million children go missing every year and trafficked in the U.S., eight million worldwide, just in the U.S. So... If you're called to the one in front of you, increase. If you're called to a cause of justice to see child trafficking end, please increase. We all have a different voice. Don't look at Rick and Rick's doing this, so I think I should do what Rick's doing. Don't look at Holly. Do, do what's in your heart. You are made differently. Some of you guys are justice people and you want to just blast the airwaves with truth. Some of you guys need to find a homeless shelter. And sit with people. Some of you guys have money and you need to give it to people. I don't know what you're called to. But whatever you're called to, we need to increase. Why don't you stand with me? Can I say this too? That when you walk, when you walk in the plans of God, there will be joy. There will be joy. It actually said, I, I, I don't want to look it up. I was, I was just studying John the Baptist and, 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 and the angel said to, to, the, to Zechariah that his son will be filled with joy. Isn't that awesome? A man that was destined to eat locusts and wear camel hair in the desert <laughs> would be joyful. There is provision for joy when you're in your calling. When you increase, when you advance, I think we know that the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence right now. And it's not, it doesn't have a person's name on it. Amen? It's not our governor. It's somebody way different. So let's just increase. Put your hand on your heart. Actually, you know what I felt like we were supposed to do? Um, this is dangerous. If you're able to, if you don't feel safe, don't do it. But I want to encourage, I want, I want us all to stand on something. I want you to stand on, if you need a piece of, uh, if you need concrete, stand on concrete. If you have a chair, stand on the chair. I don't care. Just don't rip it. This is a prophetic act. All right. If you're not standing on something, get on your tippy toes. I saw that too. Listen, we can all play. I love you guys. 
We are increasing. You guys are all so brave. All right, I just want you to put your hands out. Listen, you're not the one that's going to increase you. On this rock, I will build. On this place, I will increase you. I will, I will raise you up with Christ. Isn't it awesome that Christ was raised up? We are raised up with him, seated in heavenly places. He will guide you. He will give you. Remember what we said? He says, I'm thankful that I hear you. So just thank him right now. Say, Father, I thank you for increasing me, for being my increase, for overflowing my cup, for giving me joy for my calling. And ask him right now, just in your own words, just in your own, just, just take a second. Say, God, show me my calling. Show me the destiny. Show me the places that I should increase. If it's at your office, then increase at your office. Just ask him right now. You're being commissioned right now. Father, I pray that what we do in the natural is, 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 crea is creating structure in heaven, God. And so, Father, let our rising up, God, be a symbol to our hearts and to the whole world and to heaven itself that we are moving into. We are advancing. We are on the offense, God, that the gates of hell will not overcome. And I want you to remind you guys that the gates of hell is not a person, but it's a place that people that don't know Jesus are going. And so we're, we're on the offensive to shut the gates. We're, we're saving people from the lost or from, from hell. And so whatever we're called to do, it will end with that, is sa saves lost, souls being saved. So God, we love you. We are called according to your purposes. Would you anoint our feet every step of the way with power of the kingdom? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at PresenceOC.org to find out more about Presence Church.